How how is lockdown life treating you so far? Um, you know, it, it's it's really strange. Yeah, but it's strange for the whole world. I mean, I guess we're we're all going through this together, and it's really really weird. Um, being in Long Island and being in the New York City area, it, it's especially strange because it's affecting so many families and so many people that that I know. And in the last um, in the last few days, I've I've I'm moving around to a better place where I can see you better. Um, there are so many people that are 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 getting ill here, and and so many elderly folk and and and, and people that are healthcare workers and stuff that are getting sick. That like you know, you know, luckily no one in my family or no close friend of mine, but I've I've spoken to so many people in the last few days who have lost loved ones, and it you know it's it's upsetting. It's it's a tough situation right now and it's also the uncertainty is so stressful it's hard to figure out when we're going to be able to resume life as usual and right now i don't think we know that and i believe your your mother is in her 80s is that right my mom's 85 i, I uh none of us have seen her you know we, well i i've driven over there and done shopping you know i've gotten groceries delivered and left them on her her sort of porch and and said hello 20 feet away um sure. but she sort of hasn't seen anybody she's used to, to, to you know my mom's very active even though she's 85 and, and uh her life is like total isolation because no one wants to go near her and run the risk of getting her ill so i think for the elderly it's really tough and, and one of the things you know i mean i'm not preaching but you know we all know elderly people even people in boxing one of the things i've been trying to do lately is go through my rolodex and, and reach out to some of the people that are older that maybe don't have as many people to contact them any longer when you get, you know, when you hit your eighties, a lot of your friends aren't around. So I think right now is the time to, to reach out to the old timers and, and check in on them and let them know that, that they're, uh, they're being thought of and that they're loved and cared for because it's, uh, it's a lot of isolation out there. And in a lot of ways, the same is true for people. If we have friends that we know have issues with depression or anxiety or, or mental health kind of problems. Like this is the time to, to reach out. And, you know, people ask me, what can I do? What can I do? One of the things about this is with all the uncertainty with this COVID-19, there's not much to do other than pray if you're a religious person. <laughs> but one of the things you can do is get on the phone and reach out to people and try to, to you know, that there's a hashtag out there. It says like, stay to, you know, stay together apart. But, but it really is, I think, important to, to try to stay in contact with people right now and, and, um, and reach out to them. There's a lot of folks that are lonely and don't have, you know, the same sort of support that we may have. Are you getting any sort of indication at all, particularly on the East coast where you're based when live events and, and boxing specifically may come back? Are we looking at the autumn, the fall? I think we're looking at the fall, um, for a lot of reasons. You know, I, I'm, I'm a box. Obviously, I'm a boxing promoter. That's why I'm on the phone with you. But but I have I'm president of two minor league baseball teams, and right now, you know, just with respect to baseball, the uncertainty is there, and they're they're talking about bringing back major league baseball um, without crowds and. I don't know how imminent that is, and again, there's total uncertainty. My minor league seasons, I don't anticipate that we're going to have. I mean, I'd be, I would be at best, we'll, we would get back maybe to playing sometime in late summer, but, but I doubt it because I don't think that they're going to allow in the States 
you know, certainly in the markets that I'm working in, and, and I live in New York, I have a, a team in Richmond, Virginia, one in Montgomery, Alabama, I, I don't see them opening up big gatherings um, over the summer. I just don't see it. Not, not when they're talking about, you know, this going on through June. I mean, in the state of, I have a team in Richmond, Virginia, and Richmond is on lockdown until June 15th. That's already been announced. You know, the, the other thing is there's complicating factors. There's complicating factors with boxing. Bad uh, lighting there. The complicating factors with boxing. And, and, and one of them is, you know, here we're state regulated. And medicals have to go through state doctors. And there have to be state doctors at ringside. There have to be medical personnel to ambulances at ringside. Yep. They're not going to provide those during a pandemic, even in the tail end of it. So I think we have to be almost out of this before we can see some form of business as usual. And, and, and I think for a while, even if we come back in the fall, I don't anticipate that there'll be no social distancing in the fall. Like, I don't think we're going to go back to having you know, a full crowd at the O2 and I could feel your, your breath on my, on my shoulder. <laughs> I, don't think that's, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So I think we have to face that reality. And, you know, it's sort of interesting because people keep doing interviews with the Anthony Joshua's and, and the, you know, the, the major fighters, the Canelo's about getting back in the ring. You know, I'm not worried about Anthony Joshua and Canelo. They got a lot of money. You know, the, you know, I'm not worried about, I mean, as much as right now, I am worried about me in the long term. And I'm probably going to have to work some extra years and not retire <laughs> as young as I hope to. I, I mean that, unfortunately. Um, but I don't have to worry about putting food on the table. I don't have to worry about paying my mortgage, you know. And, and an awful lot of 99% of all prize fighters are basically working class people. I mean, the majority of prize fighters are not superstars getting paid gazillions of dollars. It's a very limited number of those. But the rest of those fighters that have to fight three, four times a year to make an average living and just be able to pay their rent and put food on the table, um, a lot of them are confused right now in the States. Now, if you're an independent contractor, and fighters here are independent people all over the world. I think fighters are independent contractors, but they can apply for for um, some form of, of unemployment. But all of that's still uncertain, and a lot of them are really struggling. So I'm mean, I'm talking to fighters on a regular basis that are really really worried about it, what they're going to do, and a lot of them are parents and how they're going to take care of their kids. And and then you know their kids are home. There's no schooling right now, and they, and there's no work for them to do. But they're in a position where they have to worry about next month's rent. You know, now no one's getting evicted here, but the stress on somebody that literally doesn't know where their next, you know, literally meal is coming from, that's incredible stress. And, 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 and that's the majority of fighters in boxing worldwide. And we don't have a commissioner. We don't have a central authority. Where the fuck am I allowed to, to be? Yeah, go for it. Okay. We're the fucking wild, wild west of sports. We're the wild, wild west. There's, we have nobody administrating our sport. There's no one one authority and, and as a result of that um i, I think normalcy in boxing is going to come back i i don't know when things are going to be the way we they was before i really don't um you know i'm hoping the same way you are that it's sooner rather than later but i really don't know with all that in mind the fact that we're not to see at least in boxing any large events for a, a number of months but that there are fighters out there who are desperate to get paid what do you make of the UFC's decision, seemingly a, a bloody-minded, stubborn decision, to put on their latest event regardless of the wider concept? 
I, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to be, look, the, in, in a weird way, when he talks, if, if he was talking about moving forward and the, that concept of an island, you see, the, the UFC sort of is an island because they're their own, they're, they're their own regulators, really. They have their own doctors. They're very much their own sort of like microsystem. So I could see that, you know, but, but this rush to get this event on, what, what date is it? Next week? Yeah. Next weekend? I mean, that's sort of wacky to me. But, but look, you know, I, I get it. Someone, they paid $400, $400 billion for that company. They, 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 they're owned by another major corporation. They can't, you know, coming to a screeching halt is not something that Dane is used to or, uh, or, or, or sits easy with him. He's also really close to Trump. So that may give him some sort of advantages that other others may not have. I mean, the you know Dana's been a, Dana spoke at the last Republican convention, and, and uh, you know Joe Rogan just announced he's supporting Trump, and and I think that maybe the drugs are getting. I don't know. I don't want. Look, I got. I, I, I had a run in years ago with Joe Rogan, but I actually find Joe Rogan to be really sort of a compelling, interesting person now. Like I, I like listening to his show, and I think it's 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 somewhat compelling. Um, but, but I don't, I, I don't get this. Uh, he, he, I know he wrote, he came out and supported Trump, which shocked me. But, but I, I don't really get this rush to do it next weekend. Um, with all, I'll tell you this, if they do it next weekend and it goes on without a hitch, they're going to be fighters, especially the biggest stars all over the world are going to be busting their promoters and managers balls to get back in there immediately. And I, and the thing that like worries me a little bit about it, the, and and again, I'm not being overly critical because believe me, I'd like to get back to work. Um, but what bothers me a little bit at a time period like today, yesterday was the biggest day for death in the state of New York, and 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 there's going to be a lot more days where there's going to be, you know, a lot of people dying, and and the need for for social isolation and, and distancing right now is not decreasing. The, the need is greater than ever. Uh, it sends out some mixed messages when there's combat sports happening live in a week. And and and, it, and I put it this way, it's not something I would do, but I'm not going to condemn them for doing it. And I, and I'm, and I believe me, I'm sure that the athletes that are participating are signing waivers that are, you know, out the wazoo, uh, you know, making everybody clean of any liability and assuming their own risk. And uh, and again, I'm a little bit of a libertarian, so if, if these guys want to assume their own risk, uh, it doesn't trouble me maybe as much as it would trouble some others. Um, and, and, and all of their doctors and, and like I said, it, the people that are administrating the action are all really work for the UFC, so they're, you know, they're, they're collectively assuming that risk. If I don't, the, the, the biggest reason I think I don't like it is the same reason I can't stand listening to my fucking asshole orange president's press events is that there's so many mixed messages being given out and and mis, mis, misinformation i don't think any misinformation is coming from i don't think there's, any, there's no danger similar danger with the event taking place but there is that mixed message that here the ufc is getting back to quote unquote some semblance of normalcy and and you know they're doing they're, they're running like you know combats and there's obviously not going to be social distancing between the two guys grappling or striking in the ring. Or, oh, sorry, excuse me, in the octagon. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have boxing on my mind. Yeah. But, um, 
But I'm sure there's going to be, I, I would guess they have to do some kind of testing. I, I don't know how they're doing it, but I, I don't know. What bothers me about it is the messaging. But at the same time, I'm not willing to condemn people because I sort of get it. On a more positive note, just tell us some of the fighters you're most looking forward to working with when boxing eventually does resume. Um, you know, I have a lot of young talent. So I, there, there, there are a number of people. I mean, if you look, go by division. If you go by that, look at the heavyweight division. Um, you know, Junior Fa, I want to get him back in the ring. And and, um, and right now, Joe Parker has been a sensation. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Joe Parker on social media, yeah. but I thought he's done an incredible job. And, and um, if there's any fighter out there who's actually lifted his and, and made friends and new fans during this pandemic, I don't think there's anybody that's done it better than Joe Parker. Joe Parker and Junior are natural rivals. Their fight would be one of the biggest in the history of New Zealand. Um, and I actually really do believe you know, Junior's had some physical issues over the last couple of years. He got injured a few times, but he's also had some. He had a he had a, a condition that needed to be resolved. Um, but I'm excited to get him back in the ring. Uh, there's a young man that would have gone to the Olympics uh, in, in July, um, uh, named uh, Bakadir Jalalov. Yeah. from Uzbekistan, nicknamed the Big Uzbek. Um, I actually think he's the best heavyweight prospect in the world, and I believe he could knock out or, or, or beat the majority of top 10 heavyweights right now, like right now. Um, he's only had six pro fights. I've never taken him past six rounds as a pro. I've never given him a real tough test yet because um, he's remained amateur, and he was bouncing back and forth between, you know, dipping his toe in pro boxing and, and, and keeping his amateur career. And, and he right now is the number one ranked amateur. Um, What's strange to say amateur because he's had six pro. But he's, he's, he's the number one ranked amateur heavyweight in the world. I think Jalal is going to be a heavyweight champion. So I'm very excited about, about him. I have six other undefeated heavyweights. So I've been trying to, to give a lot of concentration and, and effort into building a stable of heavyweight fighters because obviously I think we're in a great, age for heavyweights this is a great period for heavyweights um you know some of the other young fighters on the side look i want to get regis pro gray back in the ring he was going to fight mo hooker i need to get ivan back i think he's one of the most exciting guys in boxing only josh taylor he had about three weeks of training for that fight it was all sorts of issues with him in the world boxing super series and he didn't know he was actually going to fight uh you know until three or four weeks before the fights i don't think it was the best Baron checked that fought Josh Taylor, but honestly, he gave Josh Taylor a real tough fight. So I'm excited about getting Baron check back in the ring. But I have a load of like this uh, kid named Oshaki Foster has a couple of losses early in his career, but incredibly talented uh, kid at a, a, in, in that 130 pound, 30, 30, 35 pound weight classes. Um, I'm excited. I, I have a number of women boxing champions. I, I was planning with the zone, waiting for a date. For the all women's boxing card, I've been waiting for years to put together a card with with unifications and 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 exemplary matchups between the best women in the world. And uh, the zone gave me the green light on it. I was waiting for a date, and here we are in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> but I, but one of the first things I want to do when we get back, and by the way, the women are single mothers. A lot of these women, yeah. the women, a lot of these women who are single mothers are working women, but a lot of them work. In, in areas that are closed down. I mean, my fighters, most of my female champ, even my female champions, a lot of them have, have regular jobs, but their jobs are as personal trainers or teaching classes at gyms. 
our gyms are closed down here. So those women are going to need some help. So I want to, I really want to bring that all women show to reality when boxing gets restarted. Um, I have a lot of fighters. I I have about 60, 70 fighters right now. So I have a lot to be, to be excited about, but I'm really worried about a lot of the fighters I have under contract, honestly, because they're up and coming fighters and, and challengers right now. They're not the big, big names and the champions that are going to be the first that the networks and the streaming services want to get back on the air. You know, my fighters aren't pay-per-view fighters yet. So my fighters are more right now in that blue collar fighter category at the moment where, where they need to fight to earn a living. So I, I am concerned and worried about that. And one of the things I've tried to do is stay in touch with them and um, offer any help I can offer if they need some short term help. But, uh, but to, you know, to, to, to be very transparent about where things are going, I'm not telling my fighters that I expect them to be active again in June or July. I'm not telling them that. I, I'm telling them how uncertain I am and that they need to go out there and get unemployment. They need to provide for, to go after state and federal assistance, um, you know, during this period. It's, it's not something any of us want to do. But, but look, I, I'm in a situation also where I'm going to have to furlough employees in my other businesses not fire them, not lay them off, furlough them, because I, I can't afford to pay uh, a large number of employees when there's there's zero income. So it's uh, it's it's challenging times, but it's challenging times for for all of us. And and and, um, and I also think I don't want to be preachy. And I know no one wants to listen to my bullshit, but <laughs> but this is a time. Uh, 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 if there's ever a time to be kind, you know, to be more giving, to realize that as bad as you have it, and as much as Things are worrying you. The majority of people out there have it worse than you do. You know, there's an old saying that if you could throw all your troubles into a bucket and you had to reach in and pick out somebody else's, you probably would rethink the decision afterward. Um, so it's a time right now, I think, to just be there for one another and help one another. And in the boxing world, more than most, you know, our fighters don't have health insurance. Our fighters don't have pension plans. Our fighters don't have a union, you know. And 1% of our fighters are earning 90-something percent of the money. So, which, by the way, is true in a lot of countries and a lot of societies also. And my mind, I know you don't want to get into politics, but <laughs> my politics dictate to me that, that if you ever, you know, one of the things that's coming out of this whole pandemic for me is, is the, the insanity of the income, income disparity that exists in this world and the insanity of, of the lack uh, in my country of, of medical care for all. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I, people shouldn't be dying because more quickly and younger because they're poor, you know, or, or, or because they're working class and, and that, that is happening and we got to do something about it. You know, I completely agree. Obviously we have the national health service here, which has been widely celebrated during this pandemic for their efforts. And obviously that is free at the point of. Yeah, so we're we're very lucky to have that. I think here. No, you no, you 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 are your 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 healthcare system is superior to ours. But for a country that's you know one of the richest and most powerful in the world, our healthcare system is a disgrace. You know, it's it's simply a disgrace, and and, and it's it, it's it this if anything is a wake up call, this should be. Changing tack a little bit, it'd be remiss of me to let you go without discussing the Deontay Wilder situation. I'm sure you would have expected that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong as I go through this, because some people watching this won't know anything about what happened. But from what I've read, 
Um, there was a meeting arranged between Wilder's team and the zone um, in January, December or January. And in that meeting, it was discussed about him signing for the zone. No, the, the, the meeting was actually um, a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And, 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 and you know, neither, neither, neither Deontay or myself spoke much really about anything. I, I only came out and spoke about anything in the last few months. And it was because people asked me direct questions. Um, but no, the meeting was over a year ago and Deontay knew I was setting up the meeting. He was aware of it and we had spoken about it and, um, and I thought it was the right thing to do. And with all due respect as a promoter, whether or not, um, you know, he had, whether or not he had incredibly strong management and without Heyman and, 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 uh, Shelly Finkel, he, he did. Um, but I still felt that the right thing for me would be, was to pursue every avenue out there. And, um, Things had come to a uh, roadblock with Eddie Hearn. I mean, Shelley was running discussions with Eddie Hearn, and they uh, they came to a roadblock. But it occurred to me that it didn't make any sense to me why there weren't direct discussions with the zone. Um, and I set up the meeting, and and uh, and I thought I did the right thing. I would have done the same thing again. But um, literally, by the time I left the room, I was pretty much out of the Deontay Wilder business. And um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit surprised with respect to Deontay and my, my, my relationship, I was a little bit surprised about how it went down, but I wasn't surprised that Shelly and Al didn't want me involved because um, I think they wanted total control over the situation. And, and, uh, and you know, Deontay was a PBC fighter and I was meeting with the zone, but um, you know, I look, I, I got no regrets and I got no bad feelings. I mean, Deontay, Look, I wouldn't have been involved with Deontay if he didn't make that decision. I mean, I, I promoted Deontay pretty much without a written agreement for years because Deontay wanted me as his promoter. And, and we had a very good relationship, and he gave me that opportunity. So, yeah, the, you know, I'm not, we're not working together any longer. Um, we're not working together any longer, but uh, I don't have any bad feeling for him. And I was, I was not rooting against him when he fought Fury, and I... And I uh, I only want to see the best things for him. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But, but you know, you, you can look at it, well, okay, uh, you got, you know, I'm, I'm upset because of the way, uh, the way we parted ways. But uh, I'm grateful for the time we, we worked together. So I, in my old age, I'm trying to be a little bit more philosophical <laughs> about that. What do you make of the Fury rematch? Was it simply that Fury was so good on the night or were there things that Wilder and his team could have done differently? Um, I mean, I think that the, I, I think that there are some things that they're going to have to look at doing differently. I, I, I think that there are. Um, but he didn't look like... Look, Fury was brilliant. So you, no one should take anything away from Tyson Fury. He was brilliant that night. And right now... Anybody who tries to argue that Fury is not the best heavyweight in the world at the moment, um, I think they're just wrong. They're wrong until they're proven. It's proven otherwise. Right now, the best heavyweight in the world is Tyson Fury. Um, he didn't look like himself to me that whole fight. He looked like a, he, you know from the time he the even standing in the ring before the first bell rang, he didn't look right to me. And his and he didn't look right. His legs didn't look right. He just didn't look right at all. I mean, he 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 was he just didn't seem to have his bearings, and um, I'm not attributing that, by the way, to any outfit that he wore into the ring. <laughs> but I hope not. but I 
But I do believe that something was wrong, and I do believe that he could be better. Now, can he beat Tyson Fury? That remains to be seen. He's going to be an underdog, and he deserves to be um, an underdog. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's hopeless. He still can. Look, if you can't, he wasn't able to. Well, Fury, look, a lot of it had to do with Fury. Fury was brilliant. But, you know, Fury, Fury's whole game was brilliant. And I don't think, you know, Fury told everybody, I'm going to go right after this guy. And then he did it. And, and he was backing up Deontay Wilder from the beginning of the fight. It was no accident Wilder couldn't land the big punch because he couldn't throw. Um, but I still think he's a huge puncher. I still think he could be better than he was that night. And I would expect the third fight to be more competitive than the second. Um, though Fury will be obviously a big, a big favorite. Do you think and I'll be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I would rather, I would sort of rather see Deontay get in there, have another fight, and and watch Wilder. Sorry, watch Fury fight Joshua with the winner contracted, pre-contracted to fight Deontay next, and Deontay obviously making more money to fight the winner of Joshua and Fury than he would make to fight Fury in a third fight. If I was still involved, I would probably be pursuing that agenda or suggesting to Deontay, since he's his own, you know, he's the fighter. I'd be suggesting to Deontay that I would think that that would be a desired path, you know, but here's the thing with boxing, you know, it's hard to plan for the future. Like, you know, stuff always gets in the way, you know, no one anticipated Joshua losing to, to, to Andy Ruiz. Um, you know, something always happens. And if you're Deontay Wilder and you have that rematch clause, and my understanding is it's, I think, still a, 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 a pretty good split considering how badly Deontay lost the last fight, um, it's hard to, you know, it's all, it, it makes that decision more complicated. And obviously, he did elect to exercise that rematch clause. Now, could there still be a negotiation? I'm sure there could be a negotiation. You know, I'm not, but, but I don't think this pandemic helps that type of negotiation. You know, I don't think it makes it any easier. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, you know I, 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 there's not much more to say about the, myself and Deontay. It was, uh, at this point, it's sort of water under the bridge, and, and I, uh, I wish him well, and, and uh, I have nothing but, you know, it, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a cliche, but I have nothing but love for him, and I mean that, for him at least. I'm not telling you some other people I'm not pissed off at, but, for Deontay himself, I, you know, I'm a little disappointed because I thought we had a personal relationship and I literally haven't gotten a phone call or heard from him in any way since I walked out of the zone offices with the whole team. That was the last time I heard anything from Deontay. Wow. And that was a year ago. That was a year ago. I went to his fight. I went to his fight as an observer, just as a, an audience member. I went to his fight against... Um, Dominic Brazil. Dominic Brazil, and after the knockout, he saw me walking out of the room from the ring, and he he uh, he winked at me. And then, but, but we haven't had, I haven't heard a word from him since the meeting. But I, like I said, I, I have, I don't blame. I, I mean, I know why that happened, and I don't really uh, hold him fully responsible for that. And 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 I don't have any bad feeling toward Deontay at all, and I only wish him well. You know, I, I think he's a terrific athlete, and I think he's fundamentally a, a very good person. Lou, really appreciate your time. Um, with everything going on, especially, it's, it's great to get your insight on everything stateside. Obviously, we don't get as much insight on that over here. So, great to hear from you. And I hope we can do it again when things are back to normal. Or well, really I, I don't think I'm going to, you know, if you want to do it before things get back to normal, I don't have a whole lot to do with the next one. <laughs> yeah. So, if maybe you, we'll you know, make it a regular thing then, yeah. 
if you want to make it a regular thing, I'll make myself available and uh, cheers to everybody who listens and watches this and uh, stay safe and take it seriously. You know, I know that, you know, you're, you got your prime minister still in the hospital. Um, you know, he, I, 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 he didn't take it so seriously, you know, a month ago and now he's fighting for his life. And I think that's a perfect example to all my friends across the pond, you know, take this very seriously. I'm telling you where I am right now. It's the epicenter and, I'm watching a lot of wonderful people and hearing about a lot of wonderful people uh, leave this world before their time, whether or not they're elderly, whether they're not there, they have pre-existing conditions. And, and not only that, but a lot of, a lot of the people on the front lines really salute those people because these nurses and doctors and not only them, but the people cleaning the hospitals and the respiratory therapists and the people stocking the shelves at the grocery store and the people at your drugstore that are still working, they are all dying more rapidly than everyone else. They're all getting, a lot of them are getting ill and they're getting ill younger than other people because they're surrounded by they have more contact with the virus. So appreciate those people and stay home, stay home, stay the fuck home and take care of yourselves. <laughs> Thanks Lou. Take care.